0: I have just launched a mastermind called The Circle of Influence where I'll be taking you under my wing to show you how to build a platform online that generates an income for you so you can have more freedom in your life. I'm also going to show you how to become a powerful influencer online so that you can score interviews and so you can get exposure on major publications and platforms. And I'm going to even show you how to build these platforms yourself such as a website, a podcast, a YouTube channel and a social media following so that you can get your message out there to millions. I'm also going to show you how to network with other incredible leaders online so that you can interview them and so that you can collaborate with them and really show you how to refine your story so you can share it in an unforgettable way to score more interviews, to score book deals, and to gain more speaking opportunities so that you can become a powerhouse leader. Now, if this speaks to you, make sure you head over to I am Joel Brown slash apply and get in before I close my doors on this live, interactive, exclusive opportunity where I'm going to go deep with you and with the community of Circle of Influence Game Changers. Don't miss this. Now, let's get into this interview. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with Shanda Sumter, who runs Hardcore Business. She also runs an incredible event in the US and California called Zone Event. And uh, I love the content that Shanda puts out. If you haven't seen her content yet, make sure you follow her on Instagram. She's a kick-ass coach, a kick-ass speaker, and she is not here to play games. She's all about business and ready to lead in an amazing way. So Shanda, I'm excited for you to share your gems of wisdom today. Thank you for jumping on the Addicted to Success podcast.
1: I love the name. <laughs> it feels like i addicted to success my whole life.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny. You know, we get like a couple different, uh, I guess, reactions to it. Some people say, oh, I love it. And others say, that's not good to be addicted to success. And, uh, you know, my answer is, well, what's your definition of success, right? Yeah. What's yours, Shonda? Break it down for us.
1: Yeah. So, um, so it actually is connected to how I've even ever chosen any mentor in my life. I never choose a mentor based on how much money they make. I choose a mentor based on how much money they make in the lifestyle they live. So for instance, if I, like when I wanted to get married and have children, I literally picked a mentor that, and I was still years away from it, but it was becoming an interest of mine. I picked a mentor that was married, had kids and was really doing it well. And right. so it's like, I really believe we were actually just talking about this. I really believe that the environment in which you spend your time in, you become more like it. And I think people can experience that sometimes sometimes, people will hire me and they'll start to sound like me. And I'm like, really? Like, it's, like an, it's an interesting game because you start to, you know what I mean? You start to mold and become the personality and the language. That's why they call it tribal, you know, of, of the tribe that you hang out with. So my definition of success today is having a, a successful marriage, which I'm always working on. I'm not standing here today to say that my marriage is perfect at all. Uh, in fact, I did it live the other day where I started to cry online because I sat, I went to my bathroom um, in the morning and I looked at my husband and he goes, he goes, how you doing? I was like, relationships are hard. And I just kind of broke. And wow. he, looked me, he looked at me and he was like, he was hugging me. And he was, he was like, he just loved the vulnerability. And so much so that my son like ran up to us and was hugging us too. And he's only four because the love was so strong between him and I in that moment that our son had to be a part of it and and stuck to us. And I was just thinking like, oh my gosh, like we try so hard to be successful, but yet it's who we're being in the moment that causes us to be successful. You you know what I mean? Like you look at Hillsong Church, Carl Lentz, and you've got 35 employees and 2000 volunteers that show up weekly. To service 25,000 people or 20,000 people, however many it is, over the services over every weekend. Or you look at what Oprah's done, or some of the, these are strong leaders. So when I look at success, I'm like, I'm looking for a strong leader. I'm looking for someone who's kind to the people around them. I'm looking for someone that motivates people. I'm looking for someone that has a family. Like, I, you know, I'm really interested in working with people who have a family. I'm working with a mentor right now that you know, does over $100 million a year on email marketing. Well, that's because I'm really into email marketing. I mean, I do a lot on social media. But like I just talked to one of the largest social media uh, marketers right now on the platforms. And she said, I feel safe because I have an email list. You know, I pulled everything off social, and I'm not in the algorithms of 35% of my people are going to see my Instagram post, right? Like, you got to watch the conversation. So kind of going in different directions but like I'm looking for somebody who's getting the results that I want but also has the lifestyle that I want
0: Mm, I like that so aligning yourself with people that are aligned with your values and also your vision of your future of what you're looking at creating
1: yeah like my my mentor right now is literally Christian doing a hundred million dollars a year in email marketing has a wife and kids and super humble about two years ago like his marriage almost fell apart. Like, that's, that's vulnerability. That's humility. That's like, you, you, like that's what I meant. That's the type of leader I'm interested in being. I'm not interested in being the leader that like has it all together because I just think it's not true.
0: Right. So, keeping it real, not keeping it fluffy. Yeah. I like that. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Beautiful. Okay. So, the content that I see you putting out. Is heavily based around transformational work, coaching, like really going into the mind, right, and managing your mind in a powerful way. What I feel like a lot of people struggle with nowadays is this whole idea of making money, mm-hmm. and I think the mindset has a lot to do with it, right? And so, could you break it down for us on this podcast? What are some steps people can take if they're struggling with this money mindset? Because you were just saying words like a hundred million before, and you know, mailing yeah. lit all these things. So like a lot of people want to be able to get the results, but they're trying to get their head around this whole money conversation.
1: So, okay. So you know, this is an interesting conversation because what I don't want to do is have a mindset conversation because of the fact that I think that minds people underrated, right. they, they underrate it. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're, if people know like Bedros from fit body Camp or, um, you know, Sarah Blakely from Spanx, who I was text messaging with this morning, you know, like, um, it's like, I, when I asked Sarah, like, how did you find, you know, when I was hiring a COO for my company, how did you find your COO? I mean, her answer was not, like, follow this formula, hire this headhunter, and you get this. You know what it was? It was, it was mindset. <laughs> when I asked <laughs> it, it was like when I'm like Pedros, like this is what I'm doing in some of our masterminds and they're three days long. He's like, How do you teach for three days? Like I don't even have enough content to teach for three days. Not that he's can't couldn't speak for three days, he could, but like we're not trying to fill up space. You know, like it's like it's like get to the point. Really all of us have a couple different avenues, buckets that we're working on and we've been working on them for a long time and we're intimate. We're intimate with whatever marketing campaigns we're doing, which means that we go past the moment of boredom and we keep doing the thing over and over and over again. And we make the money because we're working the same thing over and over and over again. So I would love to talk just about mindset because it's 85 if not 90% of everything is your hustle. I mean, it is your hustle. It just is. But it's like, um, it's also realizing that you like i think passion is overrated here's why i think you should do something you love i do something i i, I could coach i could talk on podcasts all day long i could coach all day long I could, if you put me back to back to stages i would not be worn out by the end of the day i love it so but when i look at when i so when i look at the trajectory of all my business or all the years that i've been building I've been selling the same thing, email marketing, forever. Like, do like I remember at one point going, if I have to teach somebody how to build a buyer's list for one more month, I'm gonna like slip my wrist. Like, this is horrible. (laughs) Like, like, I'm so bored of the same. I should be able to automate this. I should be able to Q and A this. Like put some like best practice, best ask or best practice, you know, PDF together. And this is the challenge that information marketers fall into these days, because I think there's a lot of people who have figured out how to sell. They have not figured out how to grow business. And then the algorithms change online and they find themselves out of business because you have a lot of really shiny object influencers out there that are not making the type of money that people think they are. Um, I just heard of somebody like in a seven figure club and I'm like, that person does not make seven figures. I know they don't because of, you know, but yet even the coach thinks they make seven figures because they're in that group. But meanwhile, like, I mean, last year they, they were going like, they were just like, I think I'm going to have to go get a job, you know, but the Instagram page and the Facebook page looks like there's a hundred thousand plus followers and, you know, and it's like, uh-uh, like this isn't the gig. So so get bored. Like get get so good at selling one thing that you get really bored about it. And then like get past that mark and start getting intimate with it. Because if you can get enough volume around that one thing, trust me, you're not gonna get bored anymore because now you gotta figure out how to hire a team. Now you got to figure out after a couple million dollars, really when you like literally after a million dollars, you have to start understanding a little bit how to run a business. Um, You cannot be an entrepreneur and make your way up to $3 million a year. I'm really (laughs) like, which is great because that's so easy to make an app. But if you just sell one thing, the problem most people are having is there's, they're trying to sell too many things that they're inspired about. And I just think that's a really selfish game. Mm. It's super selfish. And so the generous win. The generous always win. How generous are you with the people around you? How much do you pay attention when people talk? You know, do you give as much credibility and love to the homeless person? as to the guru that maybe you're a little bit nervous about sitting next to at a table or going up to at an event when they're standing off the stage now. Like, where are you putting your, where are you putting your idols? Are they in God? Are they in people? You know, and when you start to really figure out who you are and you get a baseline, which is back to your mindset conversation, when you can manage your mind, that's something we say in our community all the time, manage your mind, then you realize, like, look, I don't know how much money you want to make. But you can go up to three million without knowing how to build a business, really, because you only you only need a few million. You only need a, like a few people that work for your company to go up to that. You don't have to understand entrepreneurship till you start getting to five million and above. Now you need to understand entrepreneurship, and the game changes after that.
0: Wow! So many bombs. So many bombs were dropped in uh, that answer there. Wow! All right, let's unpack this. I like this. So I love that you said you have got to be generous, right? You got to lead with generosity. I was reading a book the other day called Top of Mind. It's a marketing book. And uh, there's a line in there where the guy says, so many people, what they'll do is, in order to be able to sell, to kind of outrank their competition, they'll cheapen their services. So they'll drop the price. And he says, you either cheapen yourself or you increase your likability. But Then how do you increase your likability? It's, it's by shifting the spotlight to others. It's about listening more than you talk. It's about practicing giving before like expecting to receive uh and i love that you said leave with generosity is so key so the way key.
1: that you practically do that we just did before i jumped on here we were just we were just getting off a call as we restructured the same program that we've been selling for seven years we surveyed all of our clients again and instead of um well i'll give you a real moment after our clients go through a, a first year program, they go into a second year program that they can stay in for really a, a, an unlimited amount of time. And that second year program or second, let's call a second level versus second year. We kept hearing feedback from our clients that it wasn't structured enough. And I'm seeing, they're going, they're paying not even close to it. Like I'm paying 50,000, 25,000, a hundred thousand. And there's nobody there to help me implement. Right? It's just, you just, here's the masterminds, here's some really great, tra- great training, and I have to figure out what to do with that and what I'm going to take, what I'm not going to take, and apply it and get the results. And I've never loved the model, but I thought, you know, as I'm figuring it out, I'll give the mastermind model, I'll give them performance based coaches, which are like, you know, coaches to hold them accountable. And you know, and I'll give this 90-minute cash call teaching them a cash strategy every month. They may or may not be able to use all 12 in a year, but, like, that's, like, a lot of stuff. I give you 12 specific strategies to create cash now, 30 minutes a month with a performance-based coach, which is a leadership coach to keep you accountable, you know, and three masterminds in a year and tickets to, to my zone event. And It's a lot for, un- like, under 20000 okay? We're talking $15,000 a year. And I'm sitting there going, I don't get it. Like, why are they complaining? And what it, what it dawned on me is that, first of all, it doesn't matter what I think. It's a rel- it doesn't matter how, how, like, inexpensive, expensive, whatever it is, people pay for value. And people, they stay in our communities for a long period of time, but they still had a complaint, which means that they love me and they love the community, but there's so much so that they're struggling to figure out how to, how to create it, like how to create the results, but like they had very like they, they wanted small groups of accountability. They wanted, they wanted time to ask questions and I'm like, okay, so like book a VIP day. I mean, that's what I've always had to do, but it's irrelevant because the audience is saying what they're saying. It's irrelevant. What you think is the right thing or that they should be appreciative or how much you're giving it's irrelevant in any relationship, what's, what's completely relevant and creates value is, is you listening, what do they want, and finding a way to deliver it. And so now we have success clubs, and they're based on what income bracket they're at, and we have trainers tracking, trainer coaches tracking with them all year in small groups next year in these success groups. So now they, and no price increase know anything. I'm shelling out more cash to do it. But what I'm doing is I'm taking my second level program and I'm finding a way to make it as good as the first level so that people not only rave about it, but I have them for more than three, three years afterwards. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it's like, and they're happy, not because they're like, Oh, I love Shanda. She's amazing. But I felt like I need to go over here, but it was more like, Oh my gosh. Like, I've never been more supported in my life. I have a strong female-based audience, and so they have to feel safe. And so I'm listening. I'm listening to what it is that they're saying. So your book that you're reading is intelligent, and when people create another product based out of their inspiration, you're looking to be, you're looking to be broke. You've got to ask people what it is that they want. Just create what they want. It's so easy to make money. Create what people want.
0: Yeah. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs or people that are aspiring to be leaders that haven't reached that level of maturity yet, they still carry that pride. It's like that BS pride of like, I don't want to ask my people because it may look like I'm not a good enough leader. Oh, You're a- going to have to at some point, right? And I know it because honestly, I've done that myself where I've held off a bit too long without you know, asking my audience or polling my audience and finding out what they actually, you know.
1: That's a so- really, That's actually a really great point to bring up, Joel, because um, so everybody just let let walk through that fear. Joel felt it, I felt it. I mean, I remember feeling like when they would give me feedback that somehow it meant like like it's almost like a defensiveness comes up in you, like they should just, you know, they should just appreciate this. I pay more. Like that's what come up to me I pay more for less, you know. But at the end of the day, if you want to be an entrepreneur. Especially if you look at products like, again, like you can be in a coaching company and learn a lot about, you know, Spanx, you know, like, you know, Sarah's done a great job pulling her audience all the time. And that's why she keeps creating things that sell out. But it's all under the same initial underwear that holds a woman in, like everything, her leggings, her tights, her shirts, everything is designed around the same core competency of, of empowering a woman's body. You know, and so what I see is like, I mean, here, I don't know if I, I'm, I don't want to go off on a tangent, Joel, but like, I sell one thing really well, there's two levels to it, and I decided that they needed speaking training. So I brought in speaking training and started building on another division with another trainer, and although we made a lot of money on the front end, I lost $1.6 million in three months, because not, I could have taken that same, we already know our numbers, I could have taken that same energy and went even more deep, intimate with my marketing, which would have meant more volume. So instead of going more volume, it was easier for me to go over here and offer this next shiny object thing. You get what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Versus I could have, it would have been smarter for me to pay the trainer, even 20,000 to come in. And train a workshop for my clients, even if it was like 20 grand, because the overall results that our clients would get on a two-day workshop, you know what I'm saying? Like, yes, the trainer yeah. would make it worth selling one-on-one in their groups, the 5,000 or 7,000, but as if any trainer is going to turn down 20 grand to come for two days and teach a workshop for your people.
0: Yeah, true. And the thing that I've noticed too with this whole online space, because I've been in the game for more than 10 years now. and Back in the day, you could get away with just like, hey, here's a high volume of content, sit down and watch it and take note. You can't do that anymore. People want live interaction. People want to be held accountable because they're distracted now more than ever. Yeah. And there was a book, uh, oh it's oh yeah, Cal Newport, uh, Deep Work. And he says in there that, that focus is going to be your number one most important commodity in the next day and age. Where yeah. we're at now, this was written a few years ago, and, and it's so true. We're so distracted by social media and we're so distracted by all the shiny objects and everything coming in. There's all these new trends coming in all the time into business. It's going back to the principles, going back to the simplified things that are actually working and just really you know, doubling down and going, okay, what do people actually want? They want human connection. Yeah. That'll never go away. That's why your events do really well. People want to come yeah. to that and, and interact with each other and they want to be held accountable because they're just so So uh, right now, you know?
1: It's funny. I'm about to do more personal development work. Um, and literally the number one thing I want to work on is my focus. So, and I think yeah. I want to share that is because this place of humility, like I built an eight figure company. I probably could have already had it at nine figures. Actually, I know I could have had it at nine figures. Um, and I think I've been fairly focused, but I know, like I know behind closed doors that I could be more focused. Like I know that. And as much as like, you know, I said the other day, I was like, Instagram doesn't need another pretty picture, you know, and the perfect like rah, rah, work your ass off. Like, yeah, we all know that part. But the truth is, is like, who's talking about the parts of us that are broken, like the parts of us that know that we didn't utilize today and didn't show up the way we could have and have a broken heart or you know had an argument with someone or was not as productive as or were afraid to hire somebody because it's a lot of money but yet we're out there still saying you know get resourceful do this do that but yet at the end of the day you're facing your own demons and going wow like I can't even take my own advice I know I'll figure it out I know I'll I always get to the other side but there's like there's like all that guck in between That is just humanness. And, you know, being afraid to raise your prices because you don't think people are going to pay it is real. Once you sell one, that's gone. You don't have that fear anymore. Be afraid to survey your audience and ask how you can get better. That's practice and you getting decent at your leadership and taking feedback and being more committed to being the best than you are to your ego. You know, being okay with the fact that you know, you're not as productive as you could be. You know, these are all real the real pieces of the game, and I think people like to pretend like you got to be productive seven days a week, and it's just not true.
0: Yeah, I feel that. I feel that on so many levels. A couple of weeks ago, I did this uh, needs assessment because you know we have values. Values are easy to choose because it's what you spend most of your time on, most of your money on, what you love speaking to other people about. We can identify them really quickly but I did a list of, it was 150 needs and I had to choose seven and then I had to narrow it down to three and it creates this vision triangle where you at the top, you've got the number one priority need and then you've got, you know, on the bottom left and bottom right, you've got the other two. Self-love was at the top for me. This is the first time I ever identified that I actually need to do this because I I felt like I was giving myself love, but I was burning myself out and not paying attention to other areas of my life, right? And then the bottom left and the right was what you said, focus, because I know how powerful I am when I focus Mm -hmm. and in creativity on the right. Because I can be so much in the masculine that I need to come into that feminine at times and, and like sit and let my mind go where it needs to go and create and write and like flex that, you know, beautiful gift that we are being given by God. And, and I think it's really important for everyone to really identify what's your needs. What do you need right now? You know, because we can keep forging on and building the business and, you know, blowing things up. But Like you said before, when we were talking uh, before this call, you said priorities are really important, like making decisions. Once you make the decision, you call it into your space. Yeah. And I think that like a lot of us aren't making the right things priority because we're distracted by the other things.
1: Yeah. So to circle back around when Sarah Blakely found her COO, she literally like made a decision. I need a COO. And she met that COO in the hosiery department, and Nima Nima Marcus, right? I think that's what she said, Nima mm. Marcus. And I'm like, how can I replicate that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, thanks, it's coming. <laughs> I can't replicate <laughs> that. But it was shortly after that I met my COO, and it came through somebody, and came through it came through Evan Pagan's company, right? So, All right. It's like. Um, You know, you just, it's, it is, it's like making these decisions and we don't make these decisions at all. And I think it was, I was paying attention when you said like, we're so distracted. That's why focus is such a a core competency that we need to develop right now. It's so right. Now we got TikTok out and you got like, there's just like, and it's not, it's probably not going away based on who it's backed by, you know, like, so, you know, there's, there's these interesting platforms that are important to pay attention to whether or not we want to, or we don't. I mean, when does it end?
0: Yeah. I don't, like I said, I've been in the game for more than a decade now, and I've seen so many platforms come into play. But what I love uh, that you said before, as, like, I know we're going to unpack the first thing that you said or the second answer. I, there was so much in that. You uh, shared a quote recently. It says, if you're not willing to fail, you're not willing to succeed either. Take the leap and don't look back, and I love that. It's such a powerful reminder. And you got me thinking when you were talking about like the influencers that come in, right? And they come and go on platforms. They're in. They're like really taking taking heat and and the advantage of the opportunity of the the window that they have. But those type of people often I find because I coach a lot of people that come in, and then I, I my goal is grab an influencer, turn them into a leader. This is a <laughs> difference, right?
1: That's so good.
0: And yeah, and and so they're afraid to fail. That's the problem is that they're afraid to fail. Whereas I feel like leaders are like, they, they look beyond that. And if they fail, they're like, there's a lesson in this. I'm going to keep forging forward. And uh, I feel like with the, all these platforms that keep coming out and changing, it's really a, just a filtration system to see how bad people really want it.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Um, so I think when you're talking about mindset, I think a lot of people, mindset is a piece of leadership. And um, the game if you want to succeed is literally study leadership. That's Mm. it. That is it. That is the whole
0: thing. But but that feels like, think about this though, because I used to feel like this when I was younger. It feels so unsexy.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? So, (laughs) So does like, you know, so does, you know, Organify in one main funnel. You know what I mean? Or, you know, like if you, my point of saying that, if somebody doesn't know what I'm talking about, it's like, you know, people basically find like these really strong, a a really strong marketing campaign. There's a guy that I met that's doing, I know these are not big numbers, but it's just the circle I'm playing in now. And you know, when I started, I just wanted to make $5,000 a month. Okay. So nobody would have guessed it would have gotten to where I am today. And now, you know, my mastermind, it's like, there's people that are spending a hundred thousand dollars a day on marketing on just Facebook marketing a day. And it's one funnel that they do over and over and over again with multiple different products, one funnel. Right. And so what I think people don't realize is, I mean, they're just distracted on trying to do too many things. I mean, truthfully, like they just distracted on doing way too many things. So pick a platform you want to get really strong on. I did that with Facebook first and we have a really strong audience. I mean, it's not like, it's not a million, but it's 200,000. And it's a strong foundation, and when I do a live, you know, there's a couple hundred or three hundred or whatever, like real comments. You know what I mean on the bottom of them, not people pretending to be my friend and commenting to drive anything up, like real stuff. And and um, then now I'm starting to focus on Instagram, but I'm like the message is the core same message everywhere, and it's leadership. And I just have to learn how to develop my leadership on different platforms. And the same message, but the way I lead on Instagram is a little different than the way I lead on Facebook because the platform requires a different style leader. No different than if I went onto the stage at a college and I just spoke for some college kids in an entrepreneurship program a couple of days ago. That was really cool. If you've never done that, that is really a cool experience.
0: Not yet. I'm looking it's, forward to it
1: so cool it's so cool but like I have to change the way I lead because I'm leading a different group so the whole game of tweaking is actually in your leadership if you think about like even if I threw a bunch of money at trying to figure out how to do a webinar when I was learning webinar and they're all (laughs) $10,000 so everybody's got thousand dollars to learn a webinar right and and you sit you lose and by by the third time took me three times i throwing the 10,000. I was like, you know what? This is another great session. And I, I just was like, I learned a lot about the structure, but I could have learned that in 20, 30 minutes. And if I would have just trusted my leadership and brought me to the table and led the way I've learned how to lead in leadership, I would have converted my 12%, like my webinar converts to 12%, which by the way, I've been doing the same webinar for two and a half years now. Exactly the same, never changed. And it still converts the same, and it's amazing.
0: And, and if you're listening right now, 12% is incredible. Uh-huh. What's the, the average is like 5 or 6%, isn't it? It's something, it's, yeah. Or even like lower at times.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's incredible. It is. But that's the power of like walking. This is all leadership. Like walking through the thought, well, people have already seen it. Well, they're going to want something new. So what? Is the information still relevant? Yeah, it's really relevant. So, why don't, I mean, I honestly should be doing it every week. <laughs> you know, I should go to different countries in my Facebook marketing. That's really what I should be doing. If I was really smart, I should, like, rotate through the countries. We're going to do that now. <laughs>
0: yeah. put, it, put it in the vision.
1: You Seriously. It it's like, why make things more complicated, you know? yeah it
0: 's crazy, yeah I love that Shanda. I love your energy. This is awesome we 're getting a lot of amazing uh, words of wisdom and advice here. so I love talking business systems. I think it 's really important to build a great system for your business. A lot of people keep creating the storefront or you know the surface, but then they fail at some point, and usually they 'll give up because they feel like there 's too much competition in the market or they they just you know lose their steam. And I believe a lot of the time it's because they don't have a good system in place. Mm -hmm. But let's say we have some young aspiring entrepreneurs here that are ready to launch a business. Let's say it's an online business. What are the, let's say like four to five steps that you would say would be really important for people to consider. Yeah. Business systems.
1: Kind of a challenging conversation to ask me because of this. So here's how I typically answer that. You don't really have much of a problem if you have strong lead gen because you can always figure out how to sell. The challenge is, is I'm a marketer. And so and I'm, I'm kind of a mix between an entrepreneur and a marketer, and they're different. And yeah. why that's important to understand is that there's a reason why I have somebody next to me that is an integrator. There's, there's a book called Rocket Fuel that I think is a great book. For anybody. Yes. It's a great book. Because when I grew, I had it talks about a visionary and a and an integrator. I had a virtual assistant who was my integrator that brought me to my first million. I never had to think about anything operational. All I had to do was focus on two things, marketing and sales. And then once I once I figured out that and I started to get stretched, then I focused on one salesperson, not two, because it I had to develop my own leadership and leadership is the key. So I had enough capacity, bandwidth in my leadership. Bandwidth is a leadership thing. So like, I don't remember the last time I was overwhelmed. I mean, it has to have been probably about a good five or six years. That's all leadership. So I I built one salesperson. I sold with her. Then she took it over. Then she trained the next salesperson, even though I was still in the mix, she trained it now I have a call team. So for me, the first thing I focused on was the front end and then the back end so that the two dovetailed. So what's the, what's the sales and marketing? And then what's the one deliverable product that I can fulfill on and get like a reoccurring income from? And so I just rinsed and repeated that over and over and over again. Now, obviously I have a bigger company, but I don't do anything in customer service. I don't do anything in admin. I have no right to be in there. I actually, in my head, think that none of them do any work.
0: (laughs) But they
1: do a ton of work because my brain doesn't think like that. So the book Rocket Fuel is great because a visionary is gonna think like, I'm just gonna keep breaking the systems and breaking the systems and selling more and selling more and selling more. And an integrator has got a, you need a strong integrator to run with you. And all that means is someone who can put it into action. So if I was to go back from the beginning, the very beginning, like I understand why people partner together because they're partnering together because they grow faster because you have a visionary and integrator. Visionaries always think that they know what's right. They always think that they know best. And often their egos deceive them in thinking that they're the top dog. But the truth is, is that uh, a visionary with an integrator, somebody that can go put in the systems, those two people coming together is nothing short than just magic. You know, it's like, so that could be a project manager for some people, depending at the level. If it's you're just starting, it's a really good, like for me, it was a tech VA. I went on a a website called HireMyMom.com and I, I typed in a savvy, a savvy tech virtual assistant because I needed somebody that understood tech, right? And then that grew and it grew to a project manager and then that grew and it grew to you know, a COO and now it's growing to a president. That's what we were just talking about today is the company's ready for a president to support the COO because I'm not the best support for it anymore. You know, so it's I'm better if I'm just, as a visionary, I'm better if I'm leading uh, the strategy for our clients as far as, like, what's the strategy of our programs? What's, what direction are they getting better in? Not, not creating new inspired thoughts of, you know, like, that's not good. You know, what? how are we getting better at training the same thing deeper? Because if we go deeper, they're going to make more money and we're already taking, we're leading them. So let's lead them deeper versus wide, and then um, and then content and then speaking. So if it, it so I'm writing my job description for 2020. I just started doing this, and right now I've got these three areas: content creation, strategy for our clients in the company, and speaking. If it's not in one of those three things, I'm not doing it. So now we're going to start filling in the buckets. So like now I'll be able to have space to do more podcasts. I take very few podcasts. Like I'm not, you'll never find me all over the platforms because I focused on making money before I focused on celebrity standings. I think I heard uh, um, uh, one of the guys over at Digital Marketer, I don't know, I'm losing his name right now, but he literally said, do you want to be rich or do you want to be famous? I chose to be rich first. And now I'm focusing on building more of a celebrity brand. I hate the word celebrity, but I look at it as authority. Now I want to build authority. So if anybody asks me like, how can I help you Shanda? Help me build authority right now.
0: Because yeah, So you're, fo- you're focused on being great, not big. Great gets results. Big looks like you're making moves.
1: Exactly. Yeah, you got it.
0: Wow. Yes. I, you know, I love that book. I love that you brought it up. Rocket Fuel. It's like a Bible for your business. It's pretty crazy. It is. I, I remember reading it a, a couple of years back and it definitely shifted my whole perspective on how I looked at my business, how I managed my team. And you know, if you're listening right now, think of someone like Walt Disney. You know, He had his brother, Roy Disney. And he said that Disney wouldn't be around if it wasn't for Roy. And you wouldn't really hear much about Roy. It was all about Walt Disney. But he's a yeah. guy that pulled Disney out of the gutter, basically. He got Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak. Steve Jobs couldn't have taken Apple to that level without like the nerdy integrated guy that did the systems. So, yeah, and they're both amazing.
1: as valuable. It's just one has got, one was born with the talent to lead on the front. One was born to lead on the back and they're both, they're, they're leading different audiences. But this is what I mean by like leadership has to be the key. If you want to be at the top at anything, you have to become more like what's the thing you don't want anybody to know about you. Like I got up on a stage last year and told everybody that I'd done speed and that I woke up one morning. I was so skinny. I was a double size zero. And I didn't think that my legs were going to take me to the kitchen to like shovel peanut butter in my mouth. I, mean, wow. I never wanted to tell that story in my entire life. I never sat with a speaker trainer to build that out because that was not part of the story I wanted anybody to know about myself at all. But being a generous leader, there was a guy standing at a mic at my zone event two years ago. And I was like, why are you doing this thing? Like, what's your stand? And I'm trying to pull a stand out of him. And he's like, well, when I was younger, I was sexually abused. I go, okay, so give me one moment. Like what's a moment, and he couldn't go there. And I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna make you go there in front of thousands of people. But I was like, that's the place you have to be able to go because until you can go there, something else has your power. And then I walked up to the stage. And By the time I got back to the stage, I turned around and this story came out of me. And as I'm saying it, I'm just going, Oh my God, I cannot believe I'm saying this right now. Like this audience is going to totally look at me differently. And, and now I'm like asked to speak on the church stage and tell my speed story. Like, and like, and I'm from the college kids. I told them last night or not last night, a couple nights ago. And I'm like, somebody asked me, even, do you think you could have taken out these parts of your story and still become you? And I said, Yeah, I absolutely could. I wasted time when I was doing cocaine, when I was doing speed, even though it was a white collar thing and I was running nightclubs, I was wasting time. You know, like if I would have, if I would have focused the way I like, if I would have known what I knew today and focused my energy and my leadership in the right direction. I could have had a $500 million company at this point, like based on results, I've only been at the game for not too long. I could have had a, I could have been make and the authority I would have had at that point, the amount of money, like I give 10%. Do you know what I mean? Like I, like I trust myself at the top because based on who I am standing here today, I have a wall of generous gifts and not just like, You see what I'm saying, right? So it's like, who would I I have been if I would have had the right leaders or mentors in my life at that point in time? And yeah, I get everything has a meaning, but I had a choice. And I didn't focus on my leadership. I focused on looking hot. I focused on like being liked. I focused on all the superficial things, the nice wine, the five-star restaurants, the Aston Martin boyfriends, and it was all about that. It was all about the show. And that's very much still going on in the world because I can tell you, like I coach many platform people that have these huge platforms and they have no money, they have no backend, or they can't keep their teams together. There's nothing wrong with them. There's nothing wrong with them. The thing is, is that they're still trying to figure out that next funnel that they think is going to make them happy. And the truth is, is it's their leadership.
0: Oh man. I love that you shared this. This is making me think about my business and the way that I show up. And mm-hmm. I hope that if someone is listening to this right now and they're like, I've got some work to do, do it. Get to work, get to work on your leadership. Yeah. yeah, it is funny. We always think that it's it's so external. It's always a thing out there that's gonna you know take us to the next level. And yeah, there's strategies and everything else, but so many people are holding onto something back here. And it's not a matter of, what do I need to add? Maybe it's a question of what do you need to let go of?
1: Yeah. 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 And I'm
0: sure, you know, even at your zone event, like I see you, you bring people up on stage and it's funny because I think a lot of people come in and they're probably like, yeah, I want to take my business to the next level. And next thing it's like, no, nah, probably 80% of the conversations are around mindset and having to let go and having to heal relationships with their parents or leaving their partner if it's not working or healing the, the relationship they're currently in to take that to the next level.
1: I have a woman right now who has amazing marriage and her husband tethers her and he doesn't mean to tether her. He does not mean to tether her at all, but because of the way he deals with stress in his own leadership and she has a desire to speak on more stages. You know, she did a million dollars this year and she walked in, I think at, at 200,000 this year, she, she's like, she'll just, she'll just hit a million this year. Mm -hmm. And I just met with her today and I put her plan together for next year. It's 2.3. And I said, this is still under the context of you're tethered. And my conversation is not to go against her husband. It's about leadership, right? It's about how do you lead your husband in a way that he feels safe, which is not really conversation that most people have, but it's like, I mean, I've I've helped more women and men communicate with their spouses because at the end of the day, your spouse does not have the right to tether you, nor do they really want to. They just don't know any other way of doing it. It's kind of like having an emotional trigger when somebody says something, you react like this. It's no different. It just gets more complicated when we get into relationship. But it's also a massive amplifier. We can get into relationship and work. It's like you can work through your stuff quicker in a relationship because it brings it all up. Right. So it's just, it's such, it's kind of like your business is a great personal development tool. Relationships are a great amplifier. So oh, not, there's, um, have you read the book relentless?
0: No, I haven't read it yet.
1: Okay. Get the audio book relentless.
0: Okay. Um, I do.
1: And he is the coach to, you know, he was the coach to Kobe, Bryant, Michael Jordan, all these guys. And so, although most of us never are going to become the best and here's why. The amount of sacrifice to really be the best, I would say nine and a half percent of people are not willing to do that. And that's the real game. And you really got to know it. When you listen to that book, you'll get it. Because what these guys sacrifice to be at the level that they sacrifice to be at, I'm going to tell you, there's no way I would do that right? Like it's sacrificing family. It's that it's sacrificing a lot. And, you know, I don't know if you know, Steve Weatherford, a friend of mine, it's like, you know, when he was playing ball, it's like his whole family was revolved around him. He went away for two months in training camp, everything he ate, drank, whatever, what time he got up. It's like, there's no like, depend on me for you guys. It's you guys take care of me. Because to play at this level, I can only think about one thing. And that's, and that's what I got to think about. But the book, so Tim, the author, is literally the coach to the top athletes in the world. And the way he coached them is the way he coaches you in this book, and it is eye-opening. I mean, you will become a lot better from listening to this book. But I talked to his team because I almost had them at Zone Event, and I'll close with this, is they said, um, Sherry on his team, Sherry, I think it's Sherry, Sherry or Shelly said, you know, Shannon, Tim's like thinking about taking just a handful of entrepreneurs. And she said, but here's the thing that Tim's really committed to. He will go into their house and he will meet if they're married or they have a girlfriend, he wants to meet with them. He wants to meet with the closest family members, the friends, and everybody in his ecosystem or hers. And I said, Why? And she said, because the entrepreneur will never play to the level they can until everything in their inner world is worked out.
0: Wow. Yeah, everything's touching everything. Yeah. It's
1: all leadership. So how are you leading the conversations behind closed doors? Mm. Are you leading? Are you following? Are you triggering? What are you doing? Like... You may think those are behind closed doors, but they're not. That's why the post isn't getting the engagement it needs to. That's why you're afraid to get on that stage. That's why, you know, you haven't gotten the break that you wanted, you know, like, because you can't hold it yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I feel that. I remember that it was about five, five years ago, five or six years ago, I launched an online program. I made six figures in the space of two days. That just I'd never done that before, right? I think the most I made in one week was like $10,000. And that wasn't like a common occurrence. I was still building my business and still learning how to play the game. And I remember going down, I was living in Santa Monica in California. And I went down to Third Street Promenade and I just started buying shoes, jeans, T-shirts, like a watch, like sunglasses, just all the crap, right? And it's so funny because I don't have any of that stuff now. I, I'm trying to remember what it was and I like, I don't have any of it. It's not here with me, but it was this thing of this letting go of the money because I didn't have the financial container to hold it. It was like I was making it ahead of my actual belief system. Yeah, And, and this is the thing, you know, like who you surround yourself with so important, you know, it, it, it forms our beliefs through influence by the people that were around the conversations we have. We don't, really step in and have as much control as we actually think we do. And we're not as conscious as we actually think that we are, uh, which is kind of sad, but it's really about us having intention and going, all right, what am I set out here to do? And how am I going to play this game? Not get caught in the game, but how am I going to play this game in order to fulfill my vision, which I believe circles back around to this conversation around leadership, having a vision for your future because you're, Vision uh, disciplines you. It chooses your friends for you. It teaches you what to say yes to and what to say no to. Shonda, what's your vision? If you could share it in a nutshell, what's your, what's your vision?
1: Um, well, it feels crazy saying it. I say it internally in our company. But I even had somebody say to me the other day that they were tired of hearing influencers say that they want to grow a billion-dollar company. And I'm like, I don't consider myself an influencer. I'm not overly big on any of the platforms, I don't spend my time on that, but the person that I really look up to is Sarah Blakely and what she's done at Spanx. And I love who she is as a mother, I love who she is as a wife, I love who she is as a role model in the world, I love the work she's doing, and I just really relate to her. And so she actually gave me permission when I read about her story in Forbes years ago and I didn't know who she was, she gave me permission to really stand up and play as a woman. So I've never wanted to be a digital marketer. I've never related to myself in that space. Um, Yes, I do. I do market on the the internet, but I have a vision to create a billion dollar company and to show people that you don't have to work seven days a week to do it. Like I take off five and a half half months a year. And I don't know if I'll be able to do that, taking off five and a half months a year. But what I do know is that my legacy will be as I grow Hardcore it will be the hub and we will spin off other companies that my friends or employees inside of Hardcore will own and we will sell them in three to five years. And we're already doing that right now with the company. We have our first one that we're doing. So my vision was to take people up with me that have helped me get there, if that makes sense. And when I get, when I, when I, Along the way to the top, the vision along the way to the top is for the authority. It's for the authority. And here's what I know for sure, Joel. There's no way I'm doing it with my smarts. <laughs> There's no yeah. way. It, it, yeah. there, and it's not even about team, even though that's a huge part of it. It's about my relationship with God. Like, I feel very broken in so many ways. And I feel like the Holy Spirit leads through me. And when, when we move audiences and people move and I see psychics go and baptize themselves and um, and I see people that are not feeling judged by me because they're spiritual, not religious. And I'm able to move that like that movement through people so that they don't feel alone, they don't feel lost. And that bu- building businesses is just the avenue that I'm, teaching in, but really it's all ministry work. And so my vision is to bring that to the top without having to be Joel Olsteen or Carl Lentz at Hillsong or any of these people. Like my vision is not to run a church, but my vision is to run a movement like that, that is completely, you know, edified to the Holy spirit. Like to be like, listen, like I don't know how people do it without faith. I mean, it must be very lonely You know, like I I feel that I don't I don't it's like I'll ask for marketing plans and they're in scripture, you know, and that's not just praying. That's not just like that's just a one way relationship. A lot of times it's it's not just like I'm not asking the Lord for anything. Most of the time I'm except for to change me or to make me more courageous or to be able to like heighten my listening so I can hear him. Like, that's what I pray for. I don't pray for another million dollars. I don't even pray for a billion dollars. I don't pray for any of that. But I have a knowing. I had a knowing. And I don't know if my knowing will be wrong, but I had a knowing that I was supposed to be rich. And we've hit that platform. And so now it's, and I've never needed any of it. I was happy in my two-bedroom apartment. I was happy when I worked out of a closet. I have been happy in all those places, but that 's not what God had in store for me he had He had bigger stages, bigger messages, and all the way along it 's like i 've had to redefine myself and go, really like I really like i don 't want to get on this stage with Les Brown and Bob Proctor and Lisa Nichols, who I was thinking about hiring because I felt like I needed to get more coaching around speaking. You know, like I don't want to jump on a stage with them and now go into syndicated TV next week. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, (laughs) and then so I'm standing there going, Okay, Lord, like I don't have a keynote presentation. Like, why are you putting me through this? Why do I have to go do this? Like, but I'm just saying yes and I'm going. I have no like there's nothing in me that's like, oh my God, we're gonna make more money. Oh, we gotta figure out the website so that we capture all the leads. Like, it's like, no. Like and, and it's been like this, Joel, for the last three years since I started reading scripture every single day. Yeah. yeah. And I, I don't feel alone anymore. I don't feel lost. I don't feel like i got to be anything. In fact, the more broken things are, it seems to work for me. Like it's easier for me to just admit that than to pretend like I need to be something else. So that's just what's working for me right now. But the vision is that the Lord brings me to this place of knowing I don't even know what it looks like I just know it's a billion dollar company and that I can say yes in the process and that the people who are builders around me we spin off companies and we make a lot of wealth for them and empower their voices
0: wow wow that's so powerful i i mean i can attest to that too you know i've had an experience well i grew up in the faith and then i strayed from the faith and i came back to the faith uh a few years ago and it's such a shift because like i used to just put so much of my worth in the things around me all the time and then when i realized that like you i don't need to get the love from anybody else that i've already got it from my creator Mm -hmm. Like it just fueled me with so much passion and drive to just fully step in and go like, wait, I'm on a mission here. Like what's my mission now? I'm not just dancing with my DNA. I didn't just pop out of nowhere. And then I'm, you know, like I'm going to die and that's it. Like there's more to life than this. And I think to know that you're guided, that there's someone that actually really like your creator loves and cares about you and, and, and cares about your business and cares about your friendships and cares about your family. Like, to me, it's an amazing feeling to wake up with that and to go to sleep with that at night. And I, it, does, it does baffle my mind. And I, like, I have to reconnect with like, what was it like when I was out of it and not making efforts and also just not in relationship with God. And, and it does, it feels empty. It's like, what are you looking forward to? Like, what's there? And I, I often think to myself, how much am I like, selling myself out now that at the end of my life, I'm going to be like, oh man, I wish I didn't do that. Like, I wish I really stepped in more. And, you know, one day when, when you know, across the great divide, I'll be standing there before him. And the one thing I fear is him saying, Joel, I gave you this much with his arms out, but you only did this. With just yeah. his little two fingers you know, together. go. You know? so
1: amazing about you saying that. Is so many people think that fear piece is the reason why they don't want to be in the religion. It's like, listen, even mm-hmm. little kids fear their parents if they don't, that's why they listen. Do you know what I mean? Like we fear like, like there's th- like fear can be a good thing. Cause it could, it could spur you, right? Like it's like, yeah, it, yeah. it could be a good thing, but it's like, um, yeah. Like, it
0: holds you, it holds you to a higher potential. That's what it is. Like, that's what I know. I fear. It's not like, oh, he's going to be angry at me. I don't think like that. I just think yeah. he's giving me a massive potential and I'm not living up to it. And that's what a shame that I do not get to experience that and others don't get to feel. But it
1: Imagine either. doing more talks on that. You know what I mean? And really yeah. I'm showing the places that we are not doing it in, you know, yeah. and giving people permission. Like I've been able to create this so far and I'm not doing this still. Like, you know, it's just, and showing like the, I'm really practicing the vulnerability around that, like showing like yeah. what that feels like, you know, so that it's really real. I mean, that empathy is, is deep for ourselves and others, but, um, I want to circle around even that to pull that billion dollar conversation around for a second. Like God might only be using that knowing right now for me to get me to show up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like he might take that right out of the space and it doesn't matter. But the point is, is like, like exactly what you just said. My biggest fear is dying and wasting another day.
0: Yeah.
1: That sucks to me. Yeah. Ugh.
0: Well, I mean, you know what in like micro experiences of like, like, let's say just experiencing one day and then at the end of the day, knowing you didn't do anything. Like that feels crap. Imagine that times 80, 90, 100, 120, however long you're going to live and I'm going to live years. That's heavy. That's really heavy.
1: It is. <laughs> it is. And then think about, and I think the only time that often really comes true is when someone gets sick. Like yeah. I just met this young man for the college students <coughs> wants to be an entrepreneur in an entrepreneur program. And he just uh, started with, uh, uh, epileptic seizures, seizures. And th- there's like, he said, it's kind of like, let's call it like cells that are eating his good brain cells and they're eating it faster and faster and faster. And so the seizures are getting more and more and more. And he's having to be on drugs to even manage them. And he's going in for brain surgery in two months. And he said, what advice would you give me when I don't even, I don't know in two months, like how do I use these two months? He goes, because I don't know. Because brain surgery is brain surgery. It's not like it's very dangerous. He goes, I don't know if I will be normal after that. He's like, I mean, he's a college student. And I'm saying like a baby college student filled with energy and ambition and like he's like I wanna I'll intern for you, I'll do anything. Like I like and I was like, just keep telling your story. Like every day get online and tell your story and encourage people to do something with the day. Like what a great use of your time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Encourage yourself. Keep t- hold yourself accountable by telling people what you're gonna do today.
0: Yeah sharing your story and, and connecting with God each day. Cause you know, that's, that's yes, the next step him is. at that at some point, right. To have that, to look forward to. He's
1: going to Mariners church. He's, he's yeah. in his faith.
0: Yeah. And, and like, even cause it's funny, like, cause I mentioned, I mention God and Christ on my social media and I get all sorts of comments and, and, and that's totally fine. I don't have even a negative connotation or anything around religion or anything. Cause I, it's a, my relationship with God. And it's really interesting when, I do have, you know, people that come in and want to debate and we go into it and we dive into the theology and everything else. And, and then we end up like meeting at a point of like, let's just like remove religion from it. And let's just look at like, you're here for a reason. Let's look at this. Like your life has purpose and meaning like that in itself is so deep and so freaking wide. It's like absorb that, go with that. And I think that's really what it is, is when that Young boy was saying to you like what can I do? Like, he wants to be around the energy that you're exuding Because I really believe we want to be alive We want to feel alive here in this human experience And you look at like we all have a certain amount of time that we have and I believe time is just a calibration of change
1: hmm. The
0: eternal word abides forever, right? So like within that it's like we get to experience what we uh, We have uh, free will so we get to choose what we experience in that time and I think it's sad when you see like, some people that are like, oh my gosh, it's, I'm near the end of my life and now I want to do these things. Don't be that person. Step in every day anyway and make it happen.
1: I hear that is very common. I'm actually going to take an evangelist course because yeah. I want to put structure around me going even deeper.
0: Yeah, that's going to be so powerful and I can't wait to see you do that.
1: <laughs> it's worth awesome. looking for the class right now up <laughs> before the end of the year
0: love it Shonda this has been such an amazing conversation I'm so excited to get this episode out and I really appreciate you showing up and uh, sharing your words of wisdom with us uh, where can we find you online
1: um, Instagram is probably the best place to find me right now because I'm still answering my DMs on there so Shanda Sumter on Instagram is definitely the best place to have access to me at this point
0: Yes, and if you're listening to this right now, check out her IGTV videos. They're amazing. They they go all in on really uh, must-hear topics. I love the, the topics that you've chosen. A lot of people don't talk about these things. You've gone in on some really awesome topics. So make sure you check it out. Make sure you follow Shanda. Shoot her a message. Go to her zone event. Jump into her programs. Do whatever you need to do to learn the good stuff from Shanda. Uh, Shanda, at the end of every interview we always end with this last question. And this question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech Oof. to the world, your parting advice, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: Um, that is so tough.
0: That's what Tony Robbins said.
1: <laughs> That's cool that you interviewed him. Um, you know, I would probably still be giving. I, I would say God is real. And I would say one of the doorways to access him would be through Mm -hmm. generosity. And so just give more. Everything works out if you keep giving more. I really think it's the secret to life. It's the secret to everything working.